This podcast is intended for mature audiences and may contain opinions on Castlevania Symphony of the Night that some might find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 182 and it it's a it's a big one. I Honestly, I have been dreading this episode just a little bit. It's Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It won our Patreon poll a couple of months ago. And that poll is made up of games that our listeners have been asking us to cover here on Remember the Game that I've never played. So, obviously, up until the last couple of months, I had never played Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And I was fucking really excited when it won the poll because people hype this game up all the time. It's one of the greatest games ever and blah, 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 blah. Plus, it is one of the trailblazers of the Metroidvania genre, which I would probably slot in as my second favorite type of video game after platformers. So I was really excited to see what the fuck all the hubbub was about with Symphony of the Night. And admittedly, I don't have a ton of Castlevania experience. I played like the original on my NES when I was a kid and I played Super Castlevania 4, but that's about it. So I figured, well, all right, you know, this game is the crown jewel of the Castlevania ecosystem. Let's fucking see what's up. Oh, without spoiling the whole podcast, I gotta say, I, listen, I respect the fuck out of this game and its legacy and the the trails it blazed i really do i think i make that clear on this episode but i gotta be honest i don't really like this game i think it's best experienced through nostalgia tinted glasses and that's fine lots of retro games are like that i have games that i love that are like that but i didn't love it in fact i don't i don't ever want to play symphony of the night again to be honest with you now my guest this week uh, returning to the show is my buddy Bradley McHugh, and he loves this game. So this was one of those episodes where we're clearly on opposite sides of the gaming fence, and I think that's great, particularly for this episode. I I agreed with him on some of the stuff that he said he loved, and he agreed with me on some of the stuff that I said I hated. And just just listen, if you if you're the type of person that doesn't like to hear someone criticize a piece of art that you love, in this case a video game maybe only listen to the infamous intro this week but just know i'm i don't unleash angry adam symphony of the night's not going to get the echo the dolphin treatment or anything like that i don't think it's a bad game i respect it i just don't like it and we'll get there in just a minute because speaking of respecting something that you don't actually like it's time for yet another edition of the remember the game infamous intro And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're not boring. They're okay. It's, our intro is like the first half of Castlevania Symphony of the Night, except we tell you 
how to access the second half. We tell you that it exists. And it, if that doesn't make sense to you, it will by the end of this podcast, I promise. Uh, we have merchandise, all kinds of merch. We got hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, tank tops, posters, all rocking the phenomenal art drawn by my man Joe from 4545creative.com. Joe's the fucking best. We have some cool designs coming this year as well. And uh, you can find all of our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com. If you're interested, it's a great way to support the show and show us some love. And of course, if you, if you don't like clothes, and I know those are among us that don't, um, you can always just support us on Patreon. It's only two bucks a month and you get two additional podcasts every week. And there's actually like more if you want to go to a higher tier, but it starts at two bucks a month. And uh, fucking, we give you pretty good value. For two bucks, you get a podcast every Thursday, which is my gaming discussion show expansion pass. And then you get my gaming news podcast expansion pass every Friday. You also get instant access to almost 200 bonus podcasts that are just sitting in our archives. Uh, on Game Patch every Friday, we look at all the biggest news in modern gaming. I added my opinions and some profanity and all the stuff that is that I do. Uh, and Expansion Pass every Thursday is a different show each week. Sometimes we do game rankings. Sometimes we look back at characters, consoles. I do game reviews. We do some comedy episodes. This past week on Expansion Pass, I dropped my somewhat anticipated Halo Infinite campaign review. They took Halo in a new direction to mixed results, in my opinion, with Halo Infinite. Uh, and like all of my modern game reviews, this review is absolutely spoiler-free. I do tack a short spoiler cast on at the end, but you'll get about 20 warnings before the spoilers start. So if you're interested in finding out whether or not the Halo Infinite campaign is for you without having it all ruined, I got your back. That's going to be Expansion Pass. Or that was last week's Expansion Pass, part of me. And as is becoming tradition here in the intro, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, my spoiler-free Halo Infinite review. Now, one of the things, I don't know if I agree with all of what you're saying, Scott. I, I fucking hated the goddamn story, but I did love the mechanics. You mentioned it. I have already mentioned the grappling hook, and we'd be remiss if we did not spend a couple minutes talking about this thing. You've probably seen it in the trailers and stuff like that, but for the first time, Master Chief has just got a very simple, retractable grappling hook attached to his fucking arm. It is, like, game changer almost isn't a fucking strong enough term for how much that grappling hook changes the experience of Halo. Not only can you use it strategically to get around on the map, to climb up walls, to there's a ledge up there you want to get to, and instead of walking around the fucking room and finding the staircase to get up to that ledge, you just fucking spidey, you know, and shoot your web up there, fucking retracts you up there, and you're up. It's awesome. Not only can you do that, though, you can pick up weapons with it. If you run out of ammo in a weapon, or you see a weapon laying somewhere that you'd rather, you all you have to do is shoot it with your grappling hook. You'll pull whatever weapon you just shot in, you'll drop the weapon you're holding, and you'll replace it with whatever the new weapon you got was. So that was last week's episode, and now for this week, it's our second annual Game Awards show, The Blankies, the most prestigious Game Awards in the whole, I don't know if they're in the universe, there's probably some better ones, but we're top three. The Blankies are very prestigious. Uh, these are my more comedy-centric episodes, uh, a lot like our annual Gaming Confessions podcast. I'll announce my pick for Game of the Year, along with a bunch of smaller awards. The community has been voting on them as well, so I'll let you know who you picked to be Game of the Year and everything like that. Uh, and again, that'll be going live tomorrow, this Thursday. So again, two bucks gets you instant access to those podcasts, plus new ones every week, plus all the old ones, plus 
access to our Remember the Game Discord with like 400-some members in it now, I think, something like that. We have the chance to vote in our Patreon poll at the beginning of every month. You can submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts. You can DM with me, and you'll get a shout-out and get to hear me mispronounce your name just like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to all of our newest Patreons, Sean Jeffs, Emma Food, Laura Watermolen, Gumps Lumps, Master of Magnet, Booby Hill, I got that one right, James, Cheesehead Wes, Kyle Shrek, Colloquialism, Colloquialism, I knew that one was going to fuck me, I think I said it right though, Tim Riley, Danny Plong, Chris Jolly, Tyler Smith, Don Libby, Mega Veli, Soinfus, Venom1438, Rotten Potato, Joe Milano, Leon Lashway, Jonathan Webb, Tyler J. McDowell, and Nicola, thank you all so, so much. And welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash remember the game if you're interested. And don't forget, 5% of our Patreon at the end of every month is going to be thrown into a pool. And it's all going to be donated to our Remember the Children 24-hour charity stream this coming December. So you're helping the kids out, getting a ton of extra podcasts. It just wins all around. Uh, And you can also find me on Twitch. If you're interested, that has nothing to do with Patreon. That's separate. Uh, go to twitch.tv. Look for Member the Game. I hop on there a couple of nights a week. You can just come hang out and make fun of my face or whatever the fuck it is while I play video games. It's really fun. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow. Our first blower this week is Lone Cart, who wrote in on Patreon and said, I'm going back through all the old Expansion Pass episodes, and I came to a realization. Genesis soundtracks kick the most ass. I'm a bass player myself, and hearing the song clips from Sonic, Toe Jam and Earl, etc. make me want to pick the bass back up and learn those sick riffs. Crazy that these awesome funky tracks are forgotten now, and Halo slash Skyrim humming songs are considered iconic. That's a fucking hot take. Like, listen, it's not a hot take to say that the Genesis had great music, because I, you, we're, we are fucking... We are on the same team, man. I love the... I Not only do I think the Genesis has great music, I'll go as far as to say, on the whole, I might prefer Genesis music to the Super Nintendos. And I'm a Nintendo kid. And I love... Listen, the Donkey Kong Country games, F-Zero, Mega Man. There's some fucking awesome music on the Super Nintendo. But Sonic the Hedgehog, Toe Jam and Earl, fucking oh, Streets of Rage, Gunstar Heroes... The Genesis had banging fucking music. Maybe that was this. That's what blast processing is. Everyone says blast processing wasn't really a thing. It was a fucking thing. It was the banging music over on the Genesis. So I absolutely agree with that. I don't know if I would go as far as to say, well, I mean, okay. Like I do think that the Halo and Skyrim humming songs are iconic today. I don't, I mean, I assume that you're saying that as like a, those songs suck or like those things are lesser than I got to be honest, man. There are a few songs in gaming that get me as fired up as the title track from Halo. Like that whole fuck. Like if I listened to that while I was on the fucking treadmill, I would run through the fucking wall. Like that song gets me pumped. Skyrim, I could take or leave. I think music is great in today's games as well, but I agree. I think the Genesis has some of the greatest music ever and some of the greatest graphics. Listen, I, I, I grew up anti-sagite and i have done a 180 
I'm not, I mean, I'm never going to prefer Sega over Nintendo, but I like the Genesis a lot. And I think their games look cool. I think some of the best they have are really fun to play. And I absolutely agree that the music and fucking bangs. I love music on the Sega Genesis. Uh, thank you for writing in, Lone Card. I appreciate that. Uh, Astro Albuquerque wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, just a thought. Who would you rather be, a vampire or a vampire hunter? That's easy, Astro. I'd rather be a vampire hunter because I can't stand the sight of blood. So if I was a vampire, I would starve to death because I'd be too scared to eat the only food that I can eat. So vampire hunter all day. Although that said, I like, I don't like hunting either. So I just... Vampire hunter, but with reluctancy. I would only kill the hunter... Or I would only kill vampires that eat children. There. That, that would make me feel better about it. Uh, Johnny CCDC wrote in and said, Hey Adam, for Christmas, I got the Nintendo 64 controller for my Switch and I have been loving it. It got me thinking I should invest in some other options. Beside my Joy-Cons, are there any other controllers, retro or new, that you think I should invest in? I assume you mean just for the Nintendo Switch, Johnny. The only controllers I've got for my Switch that aren't Joy-Cons, and Joy-Cons fucking suck, by the way, are my Switch Pro controller. I just want to make sure I give you guys the actual right model number. My uh, 8BitDo SN30 Pro Plus. And uh, I will say the 8BitDo SN30 Pro Plus, it looks a lot like a PS4 controller and a Super Nintendo controller uh, did it and slipped one past the goalie and had a had a kid. And it is phenomenal. I love this controller. People sing the praises of the, the Switch's Pro controller. I like it when I'm playing stuff analog like Mario Kart or Smash Brothers, but any of the retro games on the Switch where I have to use the the D-pad, I cannot be convinced the D-pad on the Pro Controller doesn't suck. And it's well-documented that the early runs, at least, of the Pro Controller, the D-pad was kind of broken. And I've even taken mine apart and tried to do the online fixes, and it doesn't work. So if you were going to buy one controller for your Switch, I would recommend the 8-bit Do SN30+. Plus. I don't, I don't, I'm not sponsored to say that. I bought it with my own money. I just love that controller. Um, I've also ordered a set of the NES wireless controllers from Nintendo because they were on sale, but they haven't shown up yet. So I can't speak to them. I'm jealous of that 64 controller. I fucking want one of those. But uh, by far, my pick is the, uh, just look up 8BitDo and look up their controllers. They, I, From what I know, they're all great, but uh, I fucking adore this controller. So that would be my pick for sure. And it's got a Super Nintendo quality D-pad, so it's perfect for all the retro games. Plus, the analogs work great for stuff like Mario Kart and Smash and things like that. Uh, Cheesehead Wes wrote in on Patreon and said, I've been a lifelong wrestling fan as well as a gamer, and I was curious to hear your thoughts on the upcoming AEW video game. What, in your opinion, do they need to do to distance themselves from the WWE games, and what would be your number one thing you would want to see in the game? I personally would love a more classic feel akin to the Nintendo 64 titles gameplay-wise. As for my one thing, an exploding deathmatch with an actual explosion. Absolutely love the podcast. Keep up the good work, sir. Well, thank you, Cheesehead. I appreciate that. Um, so what do they have to do to distance themselves? I know this is going to sound like a half-assed answer. They just have to make a good game. Like, and I know, listen, like I'm, I'm going to go into more detail about it, but like WWE 2K20 was, I didn't even play it because it was so bad. Like the reviews were awful. And quite frankly, WWE 2K games by and large haven't been good for about a decade. I think that they went too far down the simulation track and I like simulation in my games. And I, listen, I like my personal ideal pro wrestling game 
is one where like it's more about the match being good than it is about whether or not I win. So give me a career mode, which I know WWE does this, but like give me a career mode where it doesn't even matter if I win or lose. Make it just all about making like a great fucking epic wrestling match and I'm I'm in. Um that said, yes. And I know that Kenny Omega is involved and he's a big wrestling or a video game geek and they keep drawing comparisons to No Mercy and stuff like that. That's what I want. Give us the spiritual successor to WWE No Mercy that we never got. Give us that a better looking art style. Give us the same controls. Give us eight players on the screen instead of four. Give us online. All that type of shit. That's that's what I want. And then I want stuff like a better career mode. I want like a real... I actually like the career mode in No Mercy, but it's kind of a like when it's done, it's done. And if you play No Mercy, you know what I'm talking about. Like I know there's like different trails and shit like that, but it's not like an endless... I want just an endless year after year after year career mode, but like be real... Like keep your rankings, dude. I want those AEW rankings. I just thought of that. I want those AEW rankings in this fucking game. Make them matter. Make every match you wrestle matter. Make feuds fucking carry on. That kind of shit. Make us be, let us set up online leagues with our own championships and our own rankings and stuff like that. You can play with your friends. That's the stuff that I want. And then as far as like, what is the number one thing that I want to see in the game? Uh, like, I guess if you're talking like something that's never been done before. Fuck. Oh, you know what I want? I want the Jericho's. I want to be able to have a card on Jericho's cruise ship on the boat. And if you've watched it, you fucking know what I'm talking about. That's what I, that, yeah, fuck yeah. I, I won't lie to you. I've got high expectations for that game. Like, there's no, they can't half-ass that game and win, in my opinion. Like, that game is, they've got to knock that game out of the park. It, it, and, and I, and I, and I think, I'm not going to sit here and say they will. I think they can. Whether they will or not is two different things, but I think they can. I hope they do. I'm really excited for that game. Uh, where were we here? Trevor Sevenoaks wrote in on Patreon and said, Hey Adam, I'm not sure where you are in Canada land, but have you ever seen the Northern lights? We're on our honeymoon in Finland and they're all out and all, they are out in all their glory. It is amazing. Uh, I have seen the Northern lights. We get them here in Edmonton occasionally, but not too often, but I used to live in cold Lake, which is a city, uh, about three hours North of Edmonton. You're getting kind of more Northern Alberta and we would get the Northern lights up there sometimes. And they're fucking stunning. It's, it's fucking it's stunning. And if you're looking for them, you could always uh, go to uh, Principal Skinner's Kitchen. Uh, shout out to anyone that gets that reference. Uh, enjoy your honeymoon. I've always wanted to go to Finland. We're going there someday. Mark my words, we're going to Finland someday. Uh, Kaiser Dragon wrote in on Patreon and said, Sup, Adam? Do you use any energy drinks to give you a wee boost while focusing on all the podcasts and gaming? If you do, what do you use? I use Sneak. I love it, but I want to try others too. Thought I'd ask a professional's opinion before splashing the cash on other options. Keep up the awesome content, man. I have never been called... A professional at anything in my fucking life so that feels great i don't think it's true but that feels great so thank you kaiser uh, i actually don't i don't drink any the only i don't even drink like soda or pop anymore very like one a month maybe the only thing i drink other than booze is water uh club soda and black coffee but i drink probably at least a half a pot of black coffee a day. So that's, that's my go-to. And I don't drink it after about two o'clock because otherwise I can't sleep. I'm that, I'm that old guy now, but I, sorry, to, I'm no help, but I don't do the energy drinks anymore. And uh Mecco robo hamster 
wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, so I didn't get a chance to submit my gaving grievance, so I'm here to vent. What really... <laughs> What really chaps my tits, I love that line, what really chaps my tits is constant changes to a game, specifically Rainbow Six. I love that fucking game, but holy shit, if I'm gone for one week, I come back and guns have been nursed, oper- or nerfed, part of me, operators have new or removed equipment, etc. I'm getting old and I don't have the time to relearn shit every week. Anyway, I hope you're having a good January. That is all, hamster out. I can actually, well, okay, so I can relate to that, Mecha Robo Hamster. I, um, like, I think game updates are good in the sense of like, there's no, like, I don't know anything about fighting games. You all know that I, I am completely illiterate when it comes to fighting games, but I know that you go back and you play street fighter two or mortal Kombat three or killer instinct. And there's just certain fighters that are OP compared to other fighters. And that's one of the great things about modern games and being able to patch is that you can balance that kind of shit and try to nerf some of the characters that are too strong or weapons that are too strong or pick some up that are weak and stuff like that. I, in, in, in theory, they're great, but I will say I agree with you and I get a lot of requests from the community to play stuff like shooters, Sea of Thieves, fighting games, stuff like that, get online and play with them and uh, not a huge part, but a substantial part of why I don't play those games is the exact same thing. I'm a very casual player. I just want to hop in when I have time. I have zero interest in relearning everything that's been fucking nerfed or changed every time. Like I'll never be competitive at something like fucking smash brothers or like the only game that I could see myself putting enough time into where if they were constantly updating and nerfing and powering up characters and I kept playing it, maybe would be the next Mario Kart Cause they don't really do that with Mario Kart eight. If they did that with the next Mario Kart, I love Mario Kart enough that maybe I would keep coming back and learning the little, the little nuances and intricacies of the changes. But by and large, I find my, I, that I don't like it either. I, I get where it's coming from, but it is a big part of the reason why I don't play those fucking games. So I think just my opinion to really hit like a high level at some of those games, it's almost like that's the only thing you can fucking play. And I just would rather play more like titles than play one game obsessively. Not that I'm shitting on those of you that are obsessed, obsessed away. I just saying, you know, I was like that with Mario Kart 8 for a while. I get it, but it's just, that's me. Holy cow, I'm running out of breath. This is my second podcast in like an hour and a half. So if it sounds like my voice is getting tired, it is fucking tired. But we have one one letter left. It's letter time. It's letter time. And Phil Encher wrote in on Patreon and said, Adam, I'm still making my way through the backlogs. One thing I've heard you mention several times and your guests is that you feel like you were a better gamer when you were a kid. Going back and playing some of the games we played as a kid sometimes does seem tougher now than it was back then. But I don't really think it means that we were better gamers as kids. I feel that as games have evolved over time, we've continued to train, or they have continued to train us to newer basics. What if we have developed as gamers so much that now the truly simple games are so much more difficult because we way overthink them? That's my take. Also, I know the Canadians are having a rough season. On behalf of the entire Canes Nation, we would like to extend an offer to you to become a Carolina Hurricanes fan. Our lineage gave us all the brass bonanza, so we can't be that bad, right? Keep up the awesome work. So, quickly on that note, yeah, the Montreal Canadiens are fucking horrible this year, and I'm all for it. Get us that first pick. We need a fucking first pick. Lose, 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 lose. Also, I like the Hurricanes, because I really like the Hartford Whalers. I love the brass bonanza, and I like the Hurricanes jerseys a lot. I'm totally on board. I have no beef with the Hurricanes. Um... That said, I'm not necessarily cheering for them to win the cup or anything. I'll I'll pick my fucking cup team when I see who's there. But, you know, I usually I cheer for teams that haven't won yet, as long as it's not like the Vancouver Canucks. But anyway, does it okay, anyways. Uh to get back to your first point, 
Um, are games harder today than they were? Like, do we find, like, are we less good? Are we worse gamers now than we were as kids? I do feel like that sometimes. That I, In some ways, I feel like I'm better, but in other ways, I feel like I've gotten worse. I feel like my reflexes are way slower now. Um, I, like, I get what you're saying, that maybe the more complicated games today just make us overthink the basic retro games, and maybe there is something to that. My thought, like, personally speaking, the reason I struggle with retro games now compared to when I was a kid I don't think it's so much that I overthink them. And it's just that like, I've gotten so used to modern games holding my hand. Like right now, for example, right now I'm playing resident evil code Veronica X on my, on the PS2. And I can't just save whenever I want. I can't just turn the game off whenever I want and then come back to it. It's a lot of, it's very, it's fucking, there's no save states, limited saves. If you've played those games, you have ink ribbons. You can only use those for saves, limited ammo. And it's just, I've gotten more used to games where I get a checkpoint every eight seconds. And it saves for me nonstop. And at any time I don't want to play anymore, I just put my console to sleep. And then when I pick my controller up, fire my console, and the fucking game is waiting for me right there. There's no in-game tutorials in the old games like there is in modern games. They expect you to read the instruction manuals and stuff like that. Plus, I think a big part of it is like, even if a game sucked, when you were a kid, if that was all you had, that was what you played. You got good. And it wasn't that you got good because you were good at video games, you got good because you wanted to play games and that was the only fucking game you had to play. Whereas now it's like, Jesus Christ, sitting right behind me, four feet behind me right now, there's gotta be, fuck, between Game Pass, my actual games that I own, the Nintendo Switch, plus my classic consoles, like, fuck, there's a thousand games sitting there just waiting to be played? Maybe? I'm guessing? So, like, I don't dedicate enough time to get good anymore. Whereas, like, Barbers of the Space Mutants, if if I played that for the first time today... I would rip that game and ask like it's you've never fucking seen. But because I was a kid and it was the game I owned, I played it over and over again and I got I got good. And nowadays you're not forced to get good. And I think that's my problem. Is that the games and I think I and I think it's better. I think the hobby is more enjoyable this way, but I think games hold your hand a lot more now than they did when we were kids. And personally speaking, that's why I don't think I'm as good at video games as I was as a kid. That's that's me. That's my that's an interesting topic. We could we could Fuck yeah, that's an interesting... We're going to wrap this up, but I could go on that one for a while. Thank you to everybody that blew in the cartridge this week, as always. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, But we got to move on. Let's get into what the official game show of Remember the Game Industries, our smash hit segment, Play One, Remake One, Erase One. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our Patreons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. The third game is erased from time forever. (laughs) As always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get there in just a minute. And I figured since we're talking Castlevania this week, we would drop three of the best uh, of the at least three of the best pre-Symphony of the Night into contestants row. We're going with Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse for the NES, Super Castlevania 4 for the Super Nintendo, and Castlevania Bloodlines for the Sega Genesis. And by your vote, the winner with 33% of all the ballots cast was to play Super Castlevania 4, remake Castlevania 3, and erase Castlevania Bloodlines. But if you're a Castlevania Bloodlines fan, just listen. It looks like every combination got some love this week, which is what I shoot for on these. 
I really don't think there is a wrong answer this time around. Nothing that's going to set me off as long as you play by the rules. There's not a game in here that I'm like, you can't erase that game. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but let's see what a few of you had to say here before I tell you what, what I think the right answer is. Cody Poland wrote in on Patreon and said, I haven't played or watched someone play any of these. So I used a random number generator to pick my option. It chose to play Castlevania 3, uh, remake Bloodlines, and erase Super Castlevania 4. That might be the soundest logic I've ever heard during play one, remake one, erase one. I don't know anything about these games, so I rolled the dice. I I like to you know what, Cody? When we actually start hiring executives around here, you're in. I want I want a man or I, a Cody. I guess that's a girl's name or whatever. I want a Cody on our fucking roster that can make decisions like that. Roll the dice. This is where we're taking the company. I respect it. I like the cut of your jib. Mikhail Kwamu wrote in and said, play Super Castlevania 4 because it's already more or less a remake of the OG Castlevania. Remake Castlevania 3 because it was the first to have multiple characters and it has a spiritual successor in Bloodstained so that ultimately leaves bloodlines to be deleted from existence. Now, a lot of people brought up that Super Castlevania 4 is for the most part, kind of a remake of the original Castlevania. I can't erase it for that. Some people did. I'm like, I'll erase the original Castlevania. Maybe some people are going to say that's sacrilege. Super Castlevania 4 is a fucking way better game. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I'm going to, I and listen, I'm not going to fucking shut you out if you think Super Castlevania, listen, here we go. Adam's, my stank. Adam Stank wrote in on Patreon and said, play Castlevania 3, easily one of the most challenging of the entire series with a glorious soundtrack and our first introduction to Alucard and Sypha. I don't know who they are, but I wouldn't change a damn thing about this absolute fucking masterpiece. Also, after shitting the bed with Castlevania 2, this was Konami's return to form in the franchise. Remake Bloodlines. Imagine this game with its sprites brought to more current graphical generation. It's one of the prettiest games in the franchise without it. Remake it without that shit Genesis controller holding it back and some more even and some even more vibrant graphics. Erase Castlevania 4. This may be an unpopular opinion as I love every Castlevania game, even that shit second installment, but this game is overrated. It is too easy, the boss fights are a joke, and the franchise didn't need a remake of the first game. Whipping in all directions and being able to maneuver yourself while making it easier ruins the spirit of old Castlevania games. They're supposed to be relentlessly difficult. They're supposed to piss you off. They're supposed to be rewarding when you finish them. This game did not check any of those boxes for me. It's a fine game, but it's not Castlevania 1 or 3. I disagree, but I understand your opinion because I feel like that about Contra. We have an episode about Contra coming up in the next few weeks and I think Contra 3, the Alien Wars, ruined what the original two on the NES did, even though a lot of people love it. So I disagree because I love Super Castlevania 4, but I totally get where you're coming from. Valid take. I get it. Uh, Ian Keg wrote in and said, hopefully my vote went incorrectly. My app sucks ass. No, no, Ian, the Patreon app does suck. The all The holiest of ass. It is terrible. But your, your comment went in okay, so you're good. Uh, Ian said, Play Super Castlevania 4. It's already perfect in my eyes. Remake Bloodlines. I love it, and I'd be psyched to see it redone. Erase Castlevania 3. I have no beef with this game, but one of them had to go. That, I All right. It fucking, you struggled through the app to get your comment up. I'm not going to rip on your comment. Plus, I don't really have any problem with your logic, aside from 
I don't want to erase Castlevania 3, but yeah, you're right. One of them has to go. Brad Levron wrote in and said, play Castlevania Bloodlines. It's kind of my go-to and it's perfect just the way it is and it's Sega. The other two honestly don't matter because I feel like once you've played a 2D Castlevania, you've played them all, kind of like Doom. But for the sake of not getting put on double secret probation, here goes. I'll remake Super Castlevania 4 because it's the newer of the two and erase Castlevania 3. But to be fair, you could erase almost any of them and the franchise would be fine. I don't disagree with that. You like, I don't want to go around racing Castlevanias, but you're right. You probably could erase. It's like Mega Man. I love all the Mega Men, but you could probably erase one and it would be, oh, the series is okay. I, yeah, it's all right. Fair enough. And then finally, before I tell you my pick, John DeShazzo wrote in and said, play Super Castlevania because I love the look of it on the Super Nintendo. Remake Bloodlines because besides Symphony of the Night, it was the one I recognized since it was the Sega Genesis game and I grew up with the Sega. I love the Super Nintendo, but I never owned one until the mini. Jesus, poor kid. Which means I erased Castlevania 3 only due to the other game. Nothing against it, but I know nothing about this one, so it's the odd man out. And that seems to be the consensus. Most people are just erasing the one that they don't know. And I understand that. A lot of people, I'm not nearly as attached to Castlevania as apparently a lot of people are. Admittedly, I, I mean, I knew it's Castlevania. I know it's a big series. I had no idea that Castlevania was as important to people as it apparently is until I started this podcast. Because growing up, outside of Castlevania 1 that we used to rent sometimes, I never played these games. But what the fuck do I know, apparently? Uh, I'm going with the runner-up on the poll this week, which had 22% of the vote, as did Jerry Robinson, who wrote in and said, I'll make this really quick So since I'm at work and hiding in the bathroom. Play <laughs> play Castlevania 3, remake Castlevania 4, and erase Bloodlines. Uh, Jerry, I would do the exact same thing, and I'm also recording this in the bathroom. So I, I feel you in every possible sense. Uh, that's what I would do as well. I would play Castlevania 3 because I've only played it in very many amounts, like a few minutes at a time. And it seems fucking awesome. And I, it is probably the NES game that I want to go back and play the most is Castlevania 3. I'd remake Super Castlevania 4 because I love it. And all I would do is just make it look like Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Just, the rest of it can stay as is. Just make it look as good as Symphony of the Night looks. And I'm going to erase Castlevania Bloodlines. And I rarely erase a game that I haven't played. Bloodlines did nothing wrong. I have no problem with it. I just really like Castlevania 3 and Castlevania 4. And I, I, I don't think the Genesis controller is great for precise platforming, which I assume this game is. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just my Sega bias shining through, but I'll be goddamned if I'm erasing Castlevania 3 or Super Castlevania 4 to keep a fucking Sega Genesis game around. I'll be goddamned. It'll be a cold day and fuck before that happens. So play 3, remake 4, reluctantly erase Bloodlines. I'm sorry. Maybe if you'd been on the Super Nintendo, you'd be safe. Thank you, everybody that wrote in and played this week. As always, I really appreciate it. Uh, what has been finding its way into my consoles over the last week? And then we'll get into uh, Symphony of the Night. Mostly Resident Evil Code Veronica X. I've been playing a lot of it to get ready for an upcoming episode of the show. Uh, for those, because I get asked a lot, where am I playing it? I am playing the PS2 version on a backwards compatible PS3. And uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I, 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 a couple of minor gripes, but it's certainly a, a higher tier resident i don't think it's like resident evil 4 or resident evil 2 remake or resident evil 7 um but it's probably in the tier right below them it's pretty good i like it so i've been playing that i've still been playing far cry 6 as well whenever i have time um the far cry games are just like if you don't like one you're not gonna like any of them they're almost like fast food video games and i don't mean that as a disrespectful shot at the people that put their you know the amount of hours they put into making this game but like they're just so cookie cutter the same old games 
they're just fun. I, I like Far Cry. They're like a, it's like an escape for me. And I gotta say, Far Cry 6 looks stunning. It's it one of the best looking video games I've ever played. So I'm really digging it. I may or may not do a review of it on Expansion Pass when I'm done. Um, and then this week, I'll be firing up, I think, Mega Man 8 for my next edition of Adam Sucks at Video Games, my Let's Play series. And then once I finish Resident Evil Code Veronica X, uh, Secret of Mana, which won this month's Patreon poll, is next on the uh, agenda to get into my eyeballs. Yeah, that's what I've been playing. Let's talk Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Let's do it. That's why you're all here. Let's get to the main event. And as you know, I like to give our listeners a chance to sound off on the game we're talking about before my guests and I get ranting. And uh, based on these comments, not everybody dislikes this game as much as me. Now, I want to just say to all, and I'm going to, I I think every comment I read is complimentary of the game. I get why people like it. You're going to hear my opinions in a minute. But I just want to say to all of my gaming brothers and sisters out there, to all of you that also don't like Symphony of the Night, that also just don't get it, that just didn't, that just didn't click with you, I'm, I'll be your lightning rod. You can stand behind me. You can all stand up. You don't have to be afraid anymore. Tell the world what you think of this fucking game. It's okay. They're not going to hurt you. It's fine. All right? I got your back. But I'll give a few of you a chance to tell me why you love this game so much before I talk about why I don't, all right? Jared wrote in on Patreon and said, My first and favorite Castlevania game. Unlike others who played it for the first time on the NES and Super Nintendo, my first experience with Castlevania was on the PlayStation. And I just remember being blown away with how good it was. I loved the music, the graphics, and I thought it was the perfect blend of platforming and RPG elements. I thought it was cool how you play as Alucard and also really loved the dark ambience and how you can turn into mist or a bat, etc. Great game. Now I need to play it again. Fair enough. And I will say, not to ruin the whole podcast, but I will say turning into the mist is fucking really cool. I agree with that. I thought that was awesome. Um, Eric Amundsen, Amund, Eric Amundsen, AA. I'm, I'm sure I said your name wrong. AA wrote in and said, this is the only Castlevania game that I've played. And all oh, the memories, the atmosphere, the wide range of enemies and trying to navigate that damn castle. I did beat it. And I unlocked the inverted castle, played it for 20 minutes and gave up because it was so different. One day I will revisit this gem and play through that inverted castle though. In the meantime, my fellow hot dogs, what other Castlevania game is similar to this one? Should I check out next for what it's worth? Bradley gets into that a little bit. You're going to hear in a second AA in the podcast. It's one of the Game Boy Advance ones. I can't, I won't guess. You'll hear it in the podcast. I don't remember the name of it, but one of them. He recommends it, so check that out. Um, Master of Magnet wrote in and said, My first Castlevania and one of my best gaming memories. My best friend and I dedicated an entire weekend to beating this, even discovering the Upside Down Castle for ourselves. We're still gaming together to this day. Well, to be fair, Master of Magnet, if you once you've been in the trenches with somebody, you don't turn your back on them. And if I'd gone to fucking hell and back playing Symphony of the Night with somebody, I'd be playing games with them to this day too because I know they're never going to fucking quit if they survive this fucking game. I'm just kidding. Mostly. You'll hear. Chris Coplin wrote in and said, I already know this episode is going to be hard to listen to based off some of the things you said, but that's all right. What you seemingly feel about this game is how I feel about Super Metroid and vice versa. This game was a revelation to me when I first played it almost 25 years ago. I found it so interesting, fun, and novel that it made me go back and play all the previous games in the series that I could find. Castlevania Symphony of the Night was the final nail in the Nintendo 64's coffin for me as it demonstrated that the PlayStation could be so much more dynamic than anything Nintendo was offering. This game is one of the most important games to me personally, and I'll love it forever no matter what. I'm just happy you're doing an episode on it, even if it's not something you can love. 
also, and I've said it before, there's a reason the Metroidvania genre wasn't coined until this game came out. It's because no game had done it the way it should have been done until Symphony of the Night. If Super Metroid is all that, then everything would have just been called a Metroid clone. I agree with you there, and I talked about that in the episode. I think Super Metroid and Castlevania Symphony of the Night are almost like the grandma and grandpa of the Metroidvania genre. I think you needed both. I think you can see the influences, and I think, yeah, I... I agree with you. There, listen, I don't. I don't hate what Symphony that I did for gaming and for the genre. I just don't like this game. But I, I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. And Ben Paul wrote in and said, "This is one of the best Castlevania games. The music is awesome. The gameplay is an extra com- excellent combination of RPG elements and platforming. I have fond memories of this game, and I recently downloaded it again on my PS3." Fair enough. I didn't see, and that seemed to be like I just picked a few of the comments. It seemed like every comment was like, this game's fucking incredible. This game's awesome. This game's the perfect combination of this and this. And I got to play it again. And I love it. And I grew up loving it. And Fine. As you can hear, I'm very much in the minority with my, I don't like this game take. Like I said, I don't think I'm going to be unfair to it. I don't let angry Adam loose. My guest Bradley loves the game. I show it what I think is due respect while also explaining why I'll never play it again. I'm nervous about this episode, but... I think it's time. So, oh, fuck. Let's, the music is great. So let's do it. I'll cue up some music. And when the music stops, it is finally time to talk Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which originally released in North America on the PS1 on October 2nd, 1997. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Please don't hate me. Let's go. Okay, so uh, as I'll have warned all of you in the intro, this could be argue, arguably the most controversial episode of Remember the Game in 182 episodes. It's going to be wild. Now, joining me, I'll get the introductions out of the way and then we'll get into what we were just talking about off the air. Joining me via the blank phone this week, returning to the guest, or returning to the show, frequent guest. Oh my God, I suck at this. Frequent returning guest. to the show. <laughs> Frequent guest by popular request nailed it. That intro was almost that that intro was almost as bad as Symphony of the Night. It's my uh, (laughs) it's it's my buddy Bradley McHugh. How's it going, buddy? Good. How are you, bud? I'm dreading this. Fucking dreading this episode. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled at the professionalism of your intro. Fucking unbelievable. A good (laughs) podcast would just be like, dude, that's 45 seconds. Just hit stop. And we'll start over from scratch. That's not how shit works. We do it live yeah. here. It's live, but on tape here at Remember the Game Industries. Um, <laughs> so you off air, you and I were talking a little bit just a minute ago about Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and you, you don't like you don't mind if I tell them what you just said. No, not at all. Go okay. for it. You literally just said that over the last week or so, as you've been preparing for this episode, your girlfriend has been watching you play a ton of Symphony of the Night, and you were like, I think she hates it as much as as you do as much as i do um and what i wanted to say to you and then i was like we should just start recording is i gotta say i understand that this game is on a ton of lists of like the greatest games of all time and people adore it and all that we're gonna get into all of that 
when I really, when I finished playing this and I was like, am I like, I don't mean to like, like, I know it's a Simpsons reference, but I felt like Skinner. I was like, am I so out of touch that this game just doesn't, I don't get it. I went online and looked. And if you go look, Bradley, they're, they're, they're hidden because they're scared of the backlash. There is a very vocal chunk of the internet that feels the same way about this game as I do. This is a really far more divisive game than I ever imagined it was. I mean, interesting. I I've, I've literally you, like, I'll be honest. You are the first person I know who has played this game front to back and been like, no, nah, not for me, but I don't. Okay. And I should clarify, and we're going to get into all this. I have not played it front to back. I have not played the upside down castle and I didn't play it out of protest. And I'm going to get into that. So, and, and you know, you know what, that's a, I, I also want to get into that as well, because I think that is a perfectly fine way to experience this game. Right. And it's funny because you said to me, listen, for anyone that's expecting angry Adam and like an echo, the dolphin episode or something like that, that's not what this is going to be. Okay. I think Bradley and I are coming at this game from two opposite sides where I'm like, I don't get it. And you're like, this game is a masterpiece. But you said it off the top. You're like, you are going to have some criticisms that I don't really have an answer for. And conversely, that- you're going to have some praises that I have to be like, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's Yeah, absolutely. Very interesting fucking video game. So I'll start with Castlevania. And I'm going to shut up and give you the floor for a minute here. The only other game from Castlevania we've reviewed on this podcast was Super Castlevania 4 almost two years ago. And I'm 90% sure you were my guest on that episode. Uh, yeah, that was me, and we we were we gave it glowing acclaim. That yeah, that game's phenomenal. Ca- Super Castlevania Four is fucking. It I, rules. I adore that fucking game. Adore it. Now I gotta say, outside of Super Castlevania Four, Symphony of the Night, and then some of the original Castlevania that I played as like a kid when we'd rent it from the store or whatever, I never came anywhere mm-hmm. close to beating it because that game is fucking vicious. It's great, but it's fucking vicious tough. Um. Other than those three games, I've not played any Castlevania. It's just not my... I have no qualm with this franchise. I just... It just... You know, it's always just kind of like, ah, it's there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't play it. So I wanted to ask you before we get anything else. Like, where are you? Are you a Castlevania guy? Or is this pretty well the limit of your fandom here? No, I I love Castlevania. And Adam, I'm going to tell you to do something right now. Because like... And like, maybe this is a crapshoot. On the Switch, there is a thing you can buy called the Castlevania Advanced Collection. If you don't like Symphony of the Night, go onto there and play the on the Advanced Collection, Area of Sorrow. It's basically Symphony of the Night with all the fucking problems gone. Oh, that sounds very interesting then. I, it's, fucking, I, I, it's good. That intrigues me. I will say, I do have the Castlevania uh, Collection. Like the one with like one, two, three, Super Castlevania four, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's a really, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're interested, I always recommend it on Game Patch, but like that collection regularly goes on sale for five or six bucks. Really good fucking collection. Even if, you've, yes. even if you just buy it for like the original trilogy. Uh, and then I think like Super Castlevania four, I believe is on it. I think the Sega Genesis one, Bloodlines is on it. I think. Uh, even, even, if you, even if you're even if you're like a huge uh, anti Castlevania two person, which like I don't get that rhetoric at all. Um, when people are like, I hate Castlevania two, it's like how could I, you? It's good. I will say I think that game is fucking stupid, but I have only admittedly I've played like a half hour, and I was like, it's, what the fuck is that? I should go back because I used to think that about Zelda two, and then I played Zelda two and was like, this isn't that bad. So I should give I should give the original trilogy a real chance at some point. I should. 
I think I think I might be wrong about Castlevania too, but like I do really like it. And like thing- I have a fun p- time playing it. I like I've played it quite a few times, so like I know how it works. But even if you think you're wrong, the thing is, is like, and I don't mean to like. I'm not saying necessarily that Castlevania Two is a shitty game. I really don't know that much about it, but like everybody's got at least one freak game that they're like hey you leave him alone like i like that fucking game like that's <laughs> yeah, me with bart yeah. versus the space mutants that game sucks balls and i'm like you guys all leave that game the fuck alone that's a good <laughs> fucking video game so everyone's got one so that's fine and i will say uh okay and this is how we're gonna start this review about actually we, we will actually talk symphony of the night now um everyone says castlevania 3 on the nes is like is a fucking gem so and, good and i only played i played just a little bit of it when i bought the collection and it's like you can't talk Bloodstained or you can't talk Cast Me Simply Night without bringing up Bloodstained because it is a like <laughs> fucking in a lot of ways, it is literally just like a remake of Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I don't know if you played the Bloodstained yeah. games. Yeah, I, I played it for like I would say like 20 hours, but like that's my cap for Metroidvania games. That's fair. That's it's like twenty hours is like a lot. I I think Bloodstained is a good game. I just never finished it. Now, okay, and now and that's where I wanted to go is like so Bloodstained. They released Curse of the Moon, which was like an NES style Bloodstained game, as like a prequel. Oh, that that one I actually did beat. I was I thought you were talking about Ritual no, of the Night. I am. I'm talking both. Oh, okay. I, I thought Curse of the Moon, which apparently is exactly like Castlevania Three. I thought Curse of the Moon was spectacular. Like it rips. It's nine so out good. of ten. I I I enjoyed the eight bit throwback Bloodstained Curse of the Moon far more than I enjoyed Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. And I played Ritual of the Night as well and beat it. And I thought it was okay. Um, and when I fired up Castle, so this is where I'm trying to go with this. When I fired up Castlevania three on the contra or on the Castlevania collection, I was like, this is totally Curse of the Moon. I got to play this. When I fired up Symphony of the Night, I was like, this is totally Ritual of the Night. And that made me nervous because I was like, I thought Ritual of the Night was like a seven out of ten. Like I was like, it was okay. Yeah, that's um, about that's about where I put it. Right. And so when I fired up Symphony of the Night, I was like, the, uh, for fuck's sake, piss off. Rogers is calling me on the other line. No, I'm not talking. Damn, Rogers. Fuck out of here. Uh, oh, you fucking derailed my thought, Rogers. You sons of. Oh yeah. Okay. So when I fired up <laughs> Symphony of the Night, I was like, oh god. I'm getting nervous already because I'm like, this has got this feels very much like Ritual of the Night. It's almost identical to Ritual of the Night. And this very is similar. very similar. And so I, I don't even know where to start. Like I'm I know I'm beating around the bush, but like I'm scared to even start with this. I guess at just, the end, just let it rip. All right. Just fine. let it rip out. All right, and then we'll start unpacking it. I'll tell you guys, okay. When I played Symphony of the Night, Everyone's blowing this game up and they're like, this is one of the greatest video games of all time. This game is a masterpiece, blah, 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 blah. Metroidvanias are my fucking jam. Outside of platformers, they're probably my favorite genre. I love fucking Metroidvania games. So I was really excited because a lot of people are like, well, this is almost kind of like where it started. Like this is one of the, this is one of the forefathers of the genre. And as I played it, I was like, I respect this game because I see the, the, the genes, the DNA, the fucking Metroidvania DNA in this game. The, the problem, in my opinion, is that, like, it's been done so much better since this game. And that's not why I don't like it. I can separate that from, like, I'm not going to shit on a game because a mechanic in a game is 20, 30 years old. Because, it, you know, 20 years ago, I could see how someone would be like, this is fucking sick. But that's where it all starts, is that I was like, this is just a very 
bland version of a genre that I love, that I play all the time. And then when you add in, and we're going to get into all this, I promise, half of this game is hidden. Oh, no. I oh, Okay. And, all right. All right. <laughs> no, no, hang it. on. Half of this game is hidden. And I just, just went through the instruction manual before you and I sat down to talk about it. Because I was like, well, maybe I just didn't, maybe I've learned that. As I go back and play retro games for the first time again, I'm like, the instruction manual sometimes contains shit that they expect you to read and know. The only, only hint that the second half of this game is hidden is they drop, like they mentioned like Richter or whatever the fuck his name is. Some of the characters and they say that they're in like the end of the game and stuff like that. But that's it. And there's no way to find it. And I beat the game. I rolled credits on the basic ending. And then that was it. And then I looked up and saw about the Upside Down Castle and saw about all that. And this is where I'm going to dig my heels in. You and I can unpack the whole game, but I just want to get, I'm just, it feels good to just get on the table and it's like dumping out a puzzle out of the box. And now we can start sorting the puzzle. I find it unacceptable that half of this game was hidden so, so not deep, but like it was, there was no, in, you, if you, even if I had just beaten the game, got the basic ending, and then it had said, there's still more to find, go back in. Or a percentage or something. Do you know what I mean? Like something to tell me it's there. Okay. But the fact that I had to go online to find out that I had to find two rings and a pair of glasses and go to a clock tower and go up a clock tower at the right time and then attack something else to get it. I can't look past that. I can look past the aging warts. That wart, I, I'll dig my heels in here and I'll take a stance for everyone online that's afraid to come down on this game. Unacceptable. And I'm telling you all, at the end of this episode when we score it, it's going to take it fucking right on the chin because of this mechanic. Because I think it's I horrible. In my opinion, horrible design. I'm done. Bradley, the floor is yours. I'll shut up. I'm done. Oh, boy. That's brutal. Okay. All right. So let's, let's, uh, I want to talk about this game for the opposite reason. Um, I, I came up with, with an analogy today that I want to, that I want to bring to the forefront. I don't think. I don't think the unlocking of the, I'm going to make a really weird comparison here, but the unlocking of the upside down castle is any different than the Triforce quest in Wind Waker. And that sounds crazy, but give me a moment here. So the idea in my mind is that the Triforce quest is bullshit. We all know that, right? Like it's bullshit. It's, it's in one of the best games of all time. Wind Waker, it's bullshit. But because I, wait, 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 game... wait, sorry. I, I, I got a lot. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't remember what the Triforce quest is. Oh, okay. So in Wind Waker, um, before you go to Ganon's castle, you have to uh, travel around the sea and find the eight pieces of the Triforce that are buried under the water in very specific points oh, by getting yeah. charts. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you remember okay. this? Yes, yeah, I okay. do. Yes, yeah. sorry. Okay, so that's bullshit. That's complete bullshit. But no, we don't really complain about it that much. And here's why. If, if there was an option to end the game before the Triforce quest happened, everyone would do it. Everyone would do it. But it's necessary. It's mandatory to beat the game. In Castlevania, Symphony of Night, they're like, yeah, we have this bullshit, but it's not impossible to beat the game without it. So I don't necessarily think that it's a hindrance. It, you, you can totally beat this game. You can fight Richter and stop Dracula's curse without having to do that bullshit. But if you want to do that bullshit, there is another half of this game that is equally if not more fun than the first half of the game with a final boss which is 
10 times more satisfying. But I, I don't think that that means that Richter isn't the final boss. Do you know what I'm saying? I do understand what you're saying. And I listen, like my gripe is not with half of the game being hidden behind this weird puzzle that you have to solve. That's not where I have a beef. My beef is with the fact that the game just like, you don't need to tell me, you don't even have to tell me how to unlock it. Just do something to give me, like, like if I had bought this game in 98 or whatever the fuck year it came out, like if I didn't have the internet at home to look up, like I would have bought it. I would have beat it, got that horrible ending and not even known the rest was in there. And just been like, that's it? Like, that that was my... Like, I'd be like, this sucks. Like, I, I would have thought, like, I just beat, like... Like, in Wind Waker, you're right. Like, I agree with you. I understand what you're talking about now, and I agree with you. But, like, if the credits rolled without doing all that, and I didn't even know that other quest was there, that would... That's, that's my problem, is that you took the best part of the game... It didn't even tell me it was there. And it's easy now in 2022 to play this game and be like, well, you can go online and look it up and find all of it. Sure. But I shouldn't, I'm, I'm going to, I'm being honest. I should not have to go online and look up how to unlock the funnest part of a video game and not even I, know it's there. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's, and that's really been the, my point of contention with this game from the minute I finished it was that there's no way for, I did not know that was there without looking it up. And I just thought that was so stupid. I'm just being and you honest. You know what? Like, here's here's the thing this is what i was talking about earlier when i'm like you're gonna make good points because this is the biggest complaint about this game that i've heard is that people are like i don't like how how cryptic it is to get to the second half of the game um and first for most people unless you knew there was a second half of the game like the first time i played through it i didn't know there was a second half of the game so i thought i also thought that i had beat the game and then somebody on an online forum was like, oh, no, dude, you're like halfway through. And I was yeah. like, oh, what the fuck? And and I was debating this with like a member of our community who's a big fan of Symphony of the Night. And I said that like, again, like I, because he was like the puzzle of like finding whatever it is you have to do, the two rings or whatever. And then you go to the clock. I don't remember exactly what it is, but whatever it is you have to do to unlock that second half. He's like, it's really not that hard. If you just find the two bracelets or rings or whatever, he's like, the inscriptions are right there. Where in the clock tower or whatever the fuck it is. And I said, agreed. Like, I don't even think the puzzle is that hard to find. My problem is that you rolled the credits and made me think that I was done. Like that yeah, is my only problem. Fair. If you had just not like, if you had just not rolled the credits or if you'd rolled the credits and then been like a whole second adventure awaits, there's still secrets to find. If you had just done something like that, I I would, I would not be nearly as irritated and maybe it's in there and I missed it, but I'm a hundred percent sure that I'm 90% sure if I'm saying maybe it's in there and I missed it, then I can't be hundred percent sure, but I'm like 90% sure it wasn't because I, I, I beat it, turned the game off and was like, like I got back to the title screen. Like I saw the credits. Like that was like, that was, but do like, you know what I'm saying? But like, this isn't the only game where you can accidentally end the game early by like, like, like Chrono Trigger does the same thing in the unlikely scenario that you beat Lavos after you go to the future in Chrono Trigger, you can end that game after like four hours. Now, but like, okay. Right. But now to but be like, fair, I've also been critical of Chrono Trigger. So maybe it's wrong, just me. Which is a wrong opinion, but like, <laughs> that's, that's totally fine. You, you're you're full of wrong opinions today, and that's that's totally cool. You know? I just like, and we're gonna get into the rest of the game. It's just I really wanted to like to be honest with you, dude. Most of the rest of the qualms I have with this game, like I find the inventory a bit of a pain in the ass to navigate. I think the world's kind of empty. I think it's too easy in points. Those types of things we'll get into later because those like none of those are game breaking to me. And I understand that there's tons of other games where there's hidden levels and hidden areas and like you could beat a game and beat it at like 60% and stuff like that. I just, I've never seen a game so critically acclaimed 
and then found out that so much of it is hidden in a fashion that like you wouldn't even know it was there if you didn't look it up. Mm -hmm. That's that's really what grinds my gears about it. So here's here's the thing is that like all of the things that you're saying are I guess true. Um, it, like in in like in one way or another, like some of it more true than others. You know, like it's true that the second half of the game is um locked behind a, a like a, like a weird cryptic wall. Um, yeah, sure, that's true. But I don't know if I agree that the game is too easy, or I specifically, definitely don't agree that the game is too bland. The game is is like you're inside of a gothic castle, and the setting is based around that and it looks fucking awesome oh, i think i don't mean graphically i i mean okay maybe bland i mean i mean that i found the game very um i, I like, boring i found it kind of boring like meat and potatoes i don't I yes think. i don't mean graphically like let's okay. and like and i and i want to express that like i have some great things to say about this game like some great things i just like are we done i think i like i, I want to ask you like are we done with the whole like, is there, I just, and I'm not even looking for you to like convince, like, I don't even think you can convince me. I think that we've just hit a point where I think there's two different camps. There's camps that think that that's a stupid mechanic and camps that don't think it's that bad. And I think we just have to agree to disagree on it. I just wanted to make sure, because I know I've been some kind of dominating the conversation here, but it's just, I, I know I'm the one that's going to take shit for coming down on this video game. So I really wanted to get out front and explain why. I was so upset with the way that this video game was laid out. So just before we get into the rest of it, because for the most part after this, I'm willing to concede a lot of points to this game. But I just, I just wanted to ask, like, if there's anything about that second castle, about Dracula, about any of that, that like you feel should be addressed or that you're passionate about, the floor is yours. Because I don't even know anything about it. And I would love to hear what you have to say about it. So oh, yeah. like, am the, the I missing second... out on that part? The, totally because the second castle is much darker it's much harder you said the game was too easy and that's why because the second castle is much harder um you die more often you you see that fucking that weird the, this game has like that really weird game over screen where it's like the cow skull and it's it says something <laughs> really stupid and dumb it's like something like what what is it it's like what a beautiful night for a walkout or something stupid yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's got that stupid game over the screen. Uh, and you see that a lot more in the second castle. And man, oh man, the bosses in the second castle are fucking better. They're way better. They're the, the Dracula or the, uh, the Castlevania bosses you would expect to see, right? Because like in the first first half of the game, you have like the, the gargoyle that's carrying around the bird skeleton you know what yeah. i'm talking about yeah there's a gargoyle um there then you fight like alucard like like alucard's clone yeah or like, whatever yeah like fucking classic video game 101 fight yeah. like evil god. you god i just i just played this and i don't i don't remember like other than richter like i don't remember some of the other ones because like the first half of the game isn't really it isn't that spectacular in my opinion it really is the second half of the game that you want to go in for because that's where you're fighting death frankenstein's monster um and then ultimately the fight with dracula is fucking amazing it's so good so then how do you fucking hide it like that's what i, I i'm done i don't want to go back down it, that road. i'm it interested to hear it about doesn't it. make sense you're right though it doesn't make sense because the second half of the game had more work put into it like developers worked their asses off getting the second half of that game up and running like how do you not make that like a second like 
like a second chapter that you unlock when you beat the first game or, or Dude, something I, yeah. like something. I don't like, know. I'm not trying to complain about solving the puzzle, but I'm just like, why, why not just do something to tell me it's there? I guarantee you, I guarantee you there are going to be people reaching out to me after this episode that goes live saying like, I'm going to take shit from people. I know I am, but there's also going to be people that are going to be like, I beat this game as a kid and never knew this other half was there. I guarantee yeah. it. And that just, it's a, sh I, like, I'm not even mad about it. There's not angry at him. Like, I'm disappointed. It's that classic, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. But I really am. Because I want it, I like, why hide it? That would be like, oh yeah, like you're playing Super Mario Brothers 3 and the credits roll at the end of World 4. There is 5, 6, 7, but you had to go in the pipe in World 2 while wearing a uh, Tanuki suit to get it. And it's like, dude, those are the best parts of the game. Like, I, and then I well, wanted to, like, like Look, I, I don't want to be I don't want to be this guy, but like, would you not would you not admit that the best part of Super Mario World is the special world and that's hidden? Yeah, okay, sure, I'll concede. Well, no, okay, wait, 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 wait. No, no, okay, hang on a second. I wouldn't like because people brought up different examples like that to me in the past, and you're right; those are hidden. But first of all, the manual does mention that there's a Star Road, so at least you know there's something out there to find. Second of yeah, all. Every level with multiple exits Im implicates on, or like, like gives you an indication on the map that there are multiple exits in there. And that's what I want. Like, listen, I think it's stupid that Super Mario World ends at 96 instead of 100. Because without the internet, how many kids spent countless hours looking for those final four exits that don't fucking exist? I think that's stupid. Yeah. But at least it does something to indicate to me that there's more there. Do you know well, what I'm saying? Um yeah, but like Castlevania Symphony of Night, this like this isn't like a great point. Um, but Castlevania Symphony of Night does have a percentage tracker on your file select menu that tells you like what percent of the game you've done. However, right. like the the underground castle is considered above one hundred percent. Exactly. So like <laughs> that's that's what I mean. Like this might not be a very good point, but like it is there kind of. But it's too uh anyway. Uh, so I, I do want to know more about this other castle though. So like, is it literally, cause I know it's upside down, which I actually, yeah. listen, I, like, and I'm going to defend this despite never playing it. When I was reading opinions on this game, I don't even usually read online opinions about the games that much. Cause I don't want them to, um, influence my, uh, you know, like I want to give you my honest opinion on a game, but in this case, like this game was so, I was like, am I take that crazy? And I was reading about it. There were some people that like this game coming down on the concept of the upside down castle and calling it lazy that you just took the, you know, that you did that. And I'm going to defend the game at this point and be like, you got to remember this is a PS1 game. Like they had limited hardware to work with. I like, Absolutely. I like, and like, if I, and like, I just want to clarify, like, is it literally the same castle from the first half of the game, but upside down, same map and everything? It's not the, like, it's the same map, but like, it's different design. So like, I don't know how else to say it. So like the whole, the whole map is the same, but it's not like if something was, you know, like, yeah, okay. This is, this is another super Mario world way to make it make sense. You know how like in super Mario world, after you beat the special world, you can play through the game again. Um, but everything's like a little bit different. Like the yeah. Koopas look a little bit They're different. All like pumpkins and, like, and stuff. Yeah. 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 And it, like, there's just like weird things that are just kind of like out of place. Right. That's, that's like what it is. In See, okay. And that's what I was thinking. And I was like, so I don't understand people criticizing this aspect of the game. I'm like, if you want to criticize how to access that part of the game, 
I'll fucking stand on the picket line with you. Like, let's do it. But if you want to criticize the fact that it by, you know, in certain ways is like a new game plus where they just reskin the game. I'm like, dude, I think they did it in a fantastic way. I would love to play fucking Super Mario World again. But instead of just having everything with pumpkin heads and shit, stuff was like upside down and enemies, you know, it was di- like, I want that. That's usually it's what like, I want out of new game plus is just like a, a stronger, better version of the original game. I'm it's all like, for it's that. like. It's like in Dark Souls, like when you have in Dark Souls, when you have a new game plus for Dark Souls, you I've, I've um, never got I've never been there, but okay. But when you get when you get a new game plus in Dark Souls, they give you the same game, but it is harder, right? So like, so like, so I, like, it, it, to me, it's insane to come down on it for recycling the castle and turning it upside down. I'm like, dude, I think that sounds fucking rad. Like, I have, I think is, that's a really cool idea. And to hear that some it of the is, bosses and stuff are even better in that side is almost frustrating because, yeah. It's, it's where all the best bosses are fucking, is in the second half of the game. Fucking guys. Fucking guys. Um, but uh, I actually do have a, uh, a few things that I think are annoying about this game. Um, right. That like, 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 I've been sitting here defending it, but there are like, there's a couple of things I don't like no, about it. Go ahead, because no. then I want to get into the positives. Because I, I don't want to, I want to yeah. end it like sucking a little symphony dick. Because there are things about okay. this game that I adore. So, so before go I, before I go forward, I want to make I'm going to be making some comparisons here, but I want to make something very clear. Super Metroid and Metroid Dread are better games than Symphony of the Night. Agreed. For sure. Yeah, agreed. they're they're better games. But there's a lot of like there's a lot of things that should have been taken from Super Metroid and put into Castlevania that wasn't. And here was my biggest thing, and this is going to be such a weird fucking complaint. But in Super Metroid when you're collecting items from like things that you kill or like parts of the wall that you break or anything like that, you know how like they'll drop items. Yeah. It's always relative to the shit you need. Whereas in this game, almost all the items that drop are hearts and your hearts are almost always full. Yeah, they are. So like, so like if my hearts are full, why are you still giving me so many hearts? Either give me nothing or give me something I can actually use. Um, I also don't like that um, the way you heal in this game. I think it's fucking stupid. It's dumb. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Because you have to, you have to go to the fucking equip menu. You have to equip a potion into your hand. What? What do you mean? Can't I just use it from the menu? Like that would be easier, right? Yeah. Agreed. Just to use Dude. it from the menu. So those are two good points, and I like especially that fucking healing thing. I and like. The, now now I'm pulling back. The only thing that I'm inexcusable to me is the second half of the game being hidden. Stuff like this, I'm like, to an extent, I can look past the idea that it's a product of the times, but only to an extent. I, I agree with you. So like, so if you've never played this game, like you get potions and you get food and stuff and they're consumables that you can carry around with you, which I'm like, dude, that's great. I'm all for that. That's better than like old school Castlevania. Like I can save my, you find the, the meat on the bone and you're like, no, nah, I can bring it with me until I'm almost dead. That's perfect. But then instead of just going into your fucking inventory screen and using it like every other item in every other fucking video game ever, you're right. You have to equip it to like your left hand, then come out of the menu screen, then use your left hand, which means you need to heal earlier than you would in any other game because you need to leave yourself enough health to come out of the inventory screen in case you get hit one more time before you can use your healing item. And then, yeah, dude, because your, oh. your healing items are usually saved for bosses. And if you, if you fuck around for one second when you're dying on a boss, it's over. Yeah. And then it also drives me crazy is like multiple times, not multiple times, but well, it probably happened a few times. I would, uh, I would do that. And then I'd get caught up in the fight or whatever. And I would just forget to like, 
go back into my inventory and remove the potion and put a fucking shield there or something. So then I would and go to use my shield. use the potion. Yeah, and use an extra potion and be like, God, what the shit? Like, I get what they were going for with the whole idea that you always got to be in your hand to use it. But it's like, we all, listen, I think every gamer in the history of the world looks past certain rules of physics. We understand that, like, when you're playing a shooter, you shouldn't be able to carry 19 guns that you can just pull <laughs> out of your ass at will whenever you want. Link, when you look at Zelda, Link has fucking a fucking, like, suitcase chain. full of shit. But it's like, he only has that one item he needs at a time. And we all collectively are like, no, we understand some, you know, we need to concede that. That's fine. I don't understand why you have to equip fucking potions and shit and then use them. That I personally think the entire uh, inventory menu in this game, I get what they were going for with giving you options on how you want to load out your character and stuff like that. I find the whole thing just absolutely horrible to use, just dreadful to use. The whole I, thing. I, I, actually, I actually agree. That being said, that is one thing I love about this game. I love that this game is like, also an rpg and like it's set up like an rpg where you have different like like you can equip different uh different shit you yeah. know like i like that part too i just wish that like and the thing is is i want to i want to chalk it up to sorry i was choking on my water there in case it sounded like i was choking on the microphone uh i i, I wanted to uh I, chalk it up to being a product of the times there's my voice crack for the week. The product of the times. But the thing is, is like there, there's fucking Super Nintendo games and Genesis games and other PlayStation games where the inventory isn't as annoying to navigate as this one. I like that I they're agree. putting the layers into it. I just wish it was easier to fucking use. And for the love of Christ, tell me what something is when I pick it up. Instead of me having to go look and be like, oh, okay, I just got this cool item. What is it? Is it a cape? Is it a tunic? Is it an accessory? Is it a fucking relic? I got to go through all my menus and find it to find out what it is. And then nine times out of 10, it's not something I fucking want anyways. That irritated yeah. me too. But but you want to know, you want to know what is without a doubt the worst thing about this game. And like, I can't believe we haven't talked about it yet. The worst thing about this game. What is a man? Nothing but a pile of bones. <laughs> the fucking voice acting. Now I'm oh, not. Man. Now hang on. This is you and I just switch teams because I love the voice acting. No, it's so bad that it's good. <laughs> I we were just talking. I'm playing Resident Evil Code Veronica right now for the first time for the show, and uh, it's a PS2. I'm playing it on PS2 Resident Evil game, and the voice acting is like Final Fantasy X and. All these other games with just really cheesy, hacky, weird, classic retro gaming voice acting. Um, maybe I'm just a fucking freak. I love it. I'm like, make the vo like, I oh make God. the voice acting as shitty as possible, and it's perfect. <laughs> oh, no. That said, I'm not disagreeing with you that it sucks. I just like it, but it does suck. I I'll agree. The voice acting in this game. Now, I will say it's like, this is PS1. Like, Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9 didn't have voice acting. Like, it was neat that it had it, but you're right. It's it's like Resident Evil 1 levels of cheese, the voice it's, acting in it. Oh, it's so, it's so bad. But it's so it's, good, though. I just... <laughs> Uh, and like, oh. it's not even just the way, like the, I think the writing itself is cheese. And then I think the way the lines are delivered is also cheese. And when you combine it, it's like fucking cheese slice covered in cheese whiz. Like, it's just like an overwhelming amount of shitty fake cheese. 
But I, I, I love it. I, I, I totally forgot. I'm not going to lie to you. I totally forgot about the voice acting. I fucking love the voice acting, but it is, it's terrible. Does it like, I'm going to ask you too, cause you're a Castlevania fan. I'm not. So I don't quite get it. Like, is, is it a good story? Like, I always just assume that the story is I have to kill Dracula. I don't know what the fuck is going on in this game. It's fine. It's as far as Castlevania games go, it's fine. It, okay. It's, it's Castlevania. They're like, Hey, you're going to play a game where you kill Dracula. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't really need a deep storyline. I just want to fucking anyway. Yeah. Um, there, there is like, there is like more of a story. Like there, there's like the thing with Maria in this game and like, and shit like that. But like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, like who is she? Like she kept showing up and like talking shit to me. And I was just like, get the fuck away from me. I'm busy. I don't fucking have time for you. Like what? Like, I, like, is she, is she important at all? Like I just, all right. Uh, she's, she's more important in the second half for sure. Uh, Richter also is more important in the second half. Of course it is. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Like fuck I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to remember. Cause I didn't, I did like, I played this game a lot this week, but I didn't beat it. Um, I'm trying to remember if she's like there at the final boss, but I feel like she is. She must be if she's around for something. Yeah. It feels like I don't mean to keep going back because I have one more other thing I don't like, and then we're gonna get into the stuff we like. I promise everybody, there's some cool. good stuff coming. Um, it like I just thought of this. It would be like if I went to a fucking movie, and there was like a part in the movie that it hinted that there was more movie, but then instead of a post credit scene, the whole second half of the movie was after the credits. That's what I feel like happens in this game, where I just walked out like, that was a shitty movie. And they're like, we didn't stick around for the second half of the movie after the credits. Anyway, that's what I feel like. But anyway, the, the other complaint I have about it, and and I want to say this complaint, like, this is something I'm absolutely willing just chalk, to chalk up to, you know, a product of the times, is uh, I by metroidvania standards and again there are very few genres that i feel like i could speak from uh speak about with any real sense of knowledge but metroidvanias are my fucking jam um i just i i think if you played this when it came out you wouldn't feel this way but to play it now after playing games like hollow knight and the metroid games and guacamelee and some of these games that i love so much i thought it felt kind of empty and boring like i leveled up so quick because you get experience from every enemy you kill and every time you come to the screen it's full of enemies again like i leveled up so quickly that like and again maybe the second half of the game is different but i was just like cheese walking through it and i was like you mentioned the hearts it keeps dropping hearts and i'm like i don't need any more fucking hearts i have yeah. the power up item that i want i'm just like and part of a metroidvania is backtracking and exploring and trying to figure out where you're supposed to go but i just got to the point where i was like i can one hit kill everything i don't need any more of this stuff i'm just desperately looking for this exit and i was just so bored at times it just it felt it felt like the it it it's not a burn on it but it felt like the first of its kind like it felt like this has been done much better since this if that makes sense I I would agree. I, I think I can look past it and see like the see like the, like the pioneering of the mm -hmm. genre that, that that comes with this game. But sure. like I do get what you're saying, and I, I I do agree. Like it's like it's been done better at this point. But there's just such there's just such a love for, for like especially like a Metroidvania in one of my favorite side-scrolling franchises. Like if they made like like how how much would you come if they made a Mega Man Metroidvania? I was right literally now? I was literally just thinking that I was literally like, just thinking that I get it and I, and you're right I would I would you would not be able to badmouth that game because I'd bite you dude so even I if get it, it sucked you would love it yeah agreed I guess like what I want to say because like listen and this is how we're gonna transfer into the good stuff to say because like I know we've been talking about this for 36 minutes and I feel like for the most part I've just like 
been shitting for 36 minutes. I have good things to say. I wish that it didn't have the experience points because I just didn't feel like they were necessary. Like I, I, like if it had just been a like when like I just played Metroid Dread twice, fucking loved it. And there are parts of that game where you go back and it's it's boringly easy because you've you've gotten so much more powerful that the enemies are weak. But there's also parts of the game where they never get weak and they're always kind of tough because instead of experience points and leveling up, you just gain new abilities and the enemies gradually get tougher as you play. I just would prefer that it was like that. I respect what they were trying to do. But, like, it, they, the enemies don't level up with you. So the longer that you run around in this game, it's like grinding in a JRPG. You're running around trying to figure out where you're going, which I have no qualm with. That's part of a Metroidvania. But while you're doing it, you're grinding and gaining experience and leveling up. And the game is just getting easier and easier and easier. But you still have to backtrack and try to figure out where to go. I maybe wish that the enemies scaled with you or something. Or got rid of experience points. Like, does that you know, like, do you you know know what I'm saying there? I, I do know what you're saying, but I don't I don't know if I agree. I really like I actually really like the leveling up system in this game. And the reason I like it is that it gives you like if you are stuck and you don't know where the fuck to go, it does give you like a bit more of a drive to do some more exploring around because at the very least, even if you're getting nowhere, you're gaining experience points. And that's and that's how I felt for a while until I hit a point where I was like like I, I got to the point where I was like, I was only kind of like half swinging my my weapon and half just running through because I was like, even if they touch me, I'm gonna lose like no health. Do you know what I mean? Like I like I I I understand that. And for a while, I agreed, and then I just got to a point where I was like, I'm in beast mode now. But it might just be that I sucked and couldn't figure out where to go for so long that I over leveled myself. Well, I was fucking lost. Yeah. It might have just been that. Now. Having said that, if we transfer over to the good shit, I just want to say, and you brought up the point that I wanted to make, literally what I wanted to make, if they made a Mega Man like this, I would be all over it. The, the, the innovation and the way that they shifted gears from games like, you know, Super Castlevania 4 and Castlevania Bloodlines and, and 1, 2, 3 and stuff like that, um, undeniable, and I respect the shit out of it. In an era where we shit on so many franchises for just doing the same thing over and over and over again... Uh, they didn't with this game and whether I liked the end result or not I have so much respect for how outside of the box they thought with this I, absolutely you know you mentioned that you're a Castlevania fan to begin with uh, it must have been mind-blowing to see something this big and different from this like this feels like I mean my god this is fucking Mario has I never taken a leap like this from the original Castlevania games Ever. The first time I ever played this game, I uh, the only thing I really knew about it was that it was a Castlevania game and that a lot of my friends were like, this game's awesome. So I when I got it, I didn't even know it was a Metroidvania and I started playing it and I was like, oh, oh my God, I can't believe they did this, but it's awesome. Yeah. Like I, I, I wish that I had liked more aspects of it because at its core and what it's trying to do... And none of the cheap fucking, oh, you got hit by a flying Medusa head and fell back through a hole and you're fucking dead now and start over like classic Castlevania. Like the fact that they went so far off the script, I'm like at its, at its, at its essence, I like this game better than any Castlevania game I've ever played. Like I like what it's trying to do. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. You, you like area of sorrow for sure. Yeah. Maybe I, I, I've heard, I hear good things about that game too. Um, Areas are all so let me say that before I do anything else I respect the way that they tried something differently and I also want to just say again and this is something we brought up right at the beginning of the podcast as a as a Metroidvania junkie uh, I can see like this game like if this game and Super Metroid are like the grandma and grandpa of like the Metroidvania genre which I think they kind of are 
uh, I see that DNA in it. Like I just, I respect my, my elders in gaming. I respect gaming heritage. Do you know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Yeah. This like, you can definitely tell that like, if, if it wasn't for this game, some of those favorite games of yours might not exist. hundred percent. You can see the influence this game had on the industry as a whole. And I'd be remiss if I didn't like acknowledge that it's fucking outstanding. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I also like, boy, Bradley ha like the, this <laughs> graphically, I might go as far as to say, this is the best looking video game from the PS1, Nintendo 64, Sega Saturn era. Like, oh, yeah. I might go that oh, far. Yeah. Like, and I, listen, and I know that it's kind of cheating because it's 2D as opposed to all the other games that were like the baby's first 3D games, like Mario 64 and Metal Gear Solid and shit like that, like, where they're built out of Lego bricks and trying to walk at 3D. I get that, like, it's cheating <laughs> to go back to 2D where you've been doing it for 25 years or whatever the fuck it's been. But I don't care. I'm a sucker for pixel art. I'm a sucker for 2D games. I'll always prefer 2D games to 3D. And I'm like, I'm I'm looking at pictures of this game right now. And I'm like, I can't be convinced that this game doesn't look better than some modern video games that are two-dimensional. Like, it's yeah. that it's that good looking. It's yeah, no, I, I I would agree with that pretty heavily. Um I like I think that this game's spectacular. You know what I love is just like the little details in this game. Like like when when Alucard walks, you can sort of see like like his shadow behind him. Um yeah. And like and like a shadow behind him that's like sort of trailing behind him. That's really cool like how it glows, like there's like a glow to his shadow. That's really cool. I also love and this is like this is just me being a weirdo. I love when you die in this game and you, like fucking blood just sprays everywhere. Dude, there's a I lot love that. Yeah, there's a lot of blood in this game, but it's awesome. Pretty, pretty like, violent, yeah. Yeah, like there's actually I got a relic or something. I can't remember if it was a relic or a cape or fucking whatever, because it didn't fucking tell me. But I got an item that said that I was healed by blood uh, shedding the blood of my enemies. And it was literally like I didn't get any health back from enemies that don't bleed, like skeletons. But enemies that bleed, that that blood pumps out when you hit them, it would restore my health. And it was so easy to tell which ones were which. And I was like, that is a phenomenal little detail. Like, I was, especially, like, not to shit on the earlier Castlevania games, there's not a lot of blood. You know, like, they're yeah. they're, they're they're horror games, but they're, like, cartoony horror games. Uh, this, one, another, this one's got the blood another, and shit. Yeah. Another thing I love about this game, though, is that, like, with most Metroidvania games, like you, you get to points where you can't go forward and you have to go and collect something that will allow you to go forward. And the things that you collect in this game are transformations because it's set in a like a vampire universe. And so you can trans you can transform into mist, you can transform into a wolf, and you can transform into a bat. Yeah. That is genius. Yeah, I love that. Because I mean, that like, is genius. like, when you look at, like, the Metroid games, and it's like, I get that Samus doesn't turn into shit, but, like, she's a bounty hunter in this, like, Iron Man-esque fucking futuristic robot suit. So it's easy yeah, to and just a lot be of, like... A lot of the times... What's that? A, a, a lot of the times when you're playing a Metroid game, like, the thing that you get doesn't really change the game that drastically. It's like, like, the thing you get is be like, it's the same suit you were already wearing, but this time it's blue. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, <laughs> agreed, yeah. And, like, I think it's a very clever mechanic for them to be like, well, okay, like, this dude doesn't have a robot suit. 
So how do we give him new abilities like to be able to fly and shit? And it was like, well, let's just make him transform into stuff. And uh, I agree. Like it's it's not only it's an ingenious solution to give him more abilities and it just looks really cool. I, I thought the I didn't really like the wolf. I, I hated the fucking wolf. But the mist and the bat were fucking dope. I was like, and even the wolf looks cool. I just never used the wolf. But like I'm, the other I'm two I'm not good I at loved. controlling the wolf. No, it controls like a piece he, of shit. Goes too fast. But other that than that, said, I loved I, it though. Other than that, I also think that this game, besides the wolf, I also think this game controls fantastically. Yeah, it does. I, it's um, like flawless. I played it on. Uh, I played it on the Xbox One, and I had like just no problem. No, same. Yeah, same here. I played it on my Series X, and it and I thought it handled great. And uh, you know, kind of getting back to that whole thing. Like I, I'm such a fucking like. It's a border. It's a fetish. Like I have. I have such a fucking 2D pixel art video games are like my fetish. I love mm-hmm. them, and. I can sit here and come down on a few of the game mechanics that I don't like and stuff like that. But from a 2d pixel art video game perspective, I'm like, this might be the best, the best 2d pixel art video game I've ever played in the sense of how it looks, how it sounds, how it plays like controls wise. It is, it's, it's stunning. Like this feels like one of the reasons that I'm so hard on the Nintendo 64 in particular is because I was so attached to the Super Nintendo and to a lesser extent, the Sega Genesis, like that era of gaming, I was, I was dragged kicking and screaming into the 3d era of video games. I did not want them. I liked my fucking 2d games with the characters that look like they were made out of little blocks. Like that's, I like my games that way. And this is like quite frankly like this is what i wish every nintendo 64 playstation game had been just like super jacked up fucking super nintendo and sega genesis style graphics do you know what i'm saying because i i i'm like in awe of how good this game looks like if this game had just been a classic castlevania game like level by level you know like castlevania one two three four blah 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 uh it, it, it might go down as like one of my favorite games of all time just because of the way it looks and plays like I'm, I, the, I still think this game does deserve that. I think this game deserves that that acclamation. Yeah. This is one of the best games of all time. I can't go that far. I it, the, one of the best looking games of all time. I don't know if I can go. I can't. That's where we have to split on this two different I'll, two I'll, different paths. I'll take what road. I can. Yeah, I'll take what I can get. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like another thing I wanted to point out too is like what I really respect is they found a way to keep it dark uh, and set that tone that you know you are playing. Uh, in very loose terms, like a horror game, uh, but mm-hmm. they made it really bright. Like your your magic meter being blue, and the, the 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 fire is so bright, and some of the enemies are like bright blue and white and bright reds. And I, I yeah, actually like, like the colors that aren't dark actually pop off the screen more. Do you know what I mean? Because of the yeah. contrast against the dark colors. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, just oh, I man. like even I the backgrounds. Say, I- like and you know what you know what alucard is the best he's just like that's the, he's the coolest castlevania character like i can't think of a single castlevania game where you play as a cooler character now i'm gonna ask you because i don't know much about castlevania sure. uh why like what makes him because like to me they're all kind of the same so like what uh, makes him so cool like his long hair is neat he looks like sephiroth kind of well, Alucard, Alucard is like, he's sort of like buff boy of Castlevania, the Castlevania franchise, even though they're all buff boy, but he's like ultra buff boy. But Alucard himself is Dracula's son, which is like a really cool dynamic. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. you didn't, yeah. It's, it's like, it's mentioned a couple of times in the game, but like, 
it's more discussed in Castlevania three. Oh, okay. Um, uh, like late game Castlevania three, okay. uh, which is a game I've never beat by the way, because the last boss of that game is fucking impossible. So <laughs> NES bosses, man. I love it. NES. Bosses. Uh, and like, I'm not, I'm not saying that the Castlevania three last boss is difficult. I'm saying, no, it's fucking impossible. Oh, it's, I don't think, I literally don't think it's doable. I've never seen someone do it. I got Oh God. It's listen, too fucking hard. listen, all of you, don't fucking come at me for that. <laughs> fucking go at Bradley. His socials will be in the description of this podcast. <laughs> if you're like, because every time I say I can't beat something, I get tons of messages from people being like, ah, I beat it. I know. I haven't, I'm not saying that I can't beat Castlevania 3. I've never tried. Yell at Bradley, not me. Um, can't do it. I literally can't do it. It's impossible. That said, though, yeah, like, I mean, he looks cool. Like, I don't know enough about the characters. Uh, I like Simon because that's the guy in Smash, and I like playing as him. But, yeah. uh, well, Richter's yeah. in Smash, too. I, I, I like Richter probably second best okay. of Castlevania characters. But, but, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's because other... I like Bloodlines. And wait, no, wait, which one was Richter in? No, he wasn't in Bloodlines. He was in. I have no Shit. idea. Uh, oh, Dracula X. That's what it was. Dracula X and Dracula X rule. I did not realize there was that many fucking Castlevania games. Holy Christ. Yeah, dude. Yeah. We should, we should do bloodlines. I think it's on, I think it's on the, uh, Sega Genesis online on switch. Yeah, I think it is. It's on my Genesis classic too. It's on my list of games that I need to play at some point, but I've just stopped promising people I'll play games because there's just (laughs) like, I'm never going to play all of them at this point. Um, the next 20 episodes of this podcast is all Castlevania. Yeah, 2022 is the year of Castlevania. You know what? It is one of those franchises that I take some shit for that we haven't covered more. And uh, yeah. and I hope that this, like, we're going to kind of start wrapping this down. Like, I hope that, listen, I like, I, I'm not, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say I've lost sleep over this episode because I fucking, it's video games. I haven't, I haven't lost any sleep over this episode. <laughs> but I will say that, like, I've been anxious about this episode because i understand like it's one thing when i come in here and rip on a bad game like i think like by definition mario is missing is a bad video game so i can so i can sit here and shit fuck you you fucking (laughs) fucking McHugh brothers motherfuckers like it's a bad game i'll I'll stand up i know mario's missing is a bad game but i will stand up for it all right see and i get it because i have games (laughs) like that too but like that's a game where i'll sit here and be like no this game fucking sucks virtual bart i love the simpsons but that game fucking sucks i was not sure how to approach this game because like i i i really try to come into these episodes and try to be honest i try to tell you guys what i think plus this was a choice of our patreons so i'm like why well, I, I i'm gonna tell you guys what i think but if enough people voted for it on our patreon poll then clearly there's enough people out there that love it uh so i was like i don't want to come in here and just rip it apart for no fucking reason um i i I think I explained, like, I'm not going to go rehash it again. I think I explained why this game didn't connect with me. That said, like, I, re- I respect the shit out of its heritage. I feel like it's one of my, it's like a, it's like a, uh, like a, like an ancestor. Like, I respect, like, what it did back in the day. Um, I'm in complete awe of the graphics of it. I'm looking at images of it on my computer right now. And, like, it, it turns me on how good looking this fucking game is. Um, so good. I agree with you that, God, what I wouldn't give to have a Mega Man game like this. And you want to know something, man? Like, I don't know when we're going to get the next... Ca- How long has it been since we got a fucking Castlevania game? Like, a new Castlevania game? Um, I think, like, the last one I can remember was Lords of Shadow 2, and that was on the Xbox 360. I'm just looking it so- up right now, because I want to know, yeah, like, how long... Because, like, I'll be honest with you guys, like, I... 
Like the next time they make a Castlevania game, I, I like I hope it's I hope it's like this. Like give me they, a, I want another Metroidvania. They do a lot, and I'm talking about a lot of fucking reprints of their of the Castlevania games. Because yeah. Konami Konami doesn't play nice and they don't make video games anymore. Oh fuck, isn't that the fucking you know how much I want a new fucking cop or uh Contra? I fucking get it. It drives me fucking Konami, like I've I've ranted about this countless okay, so yeah, Castle oh, player new uh, new contract came out last year, friend. Uh, it's well, I see 2019 Castlevania Grimoire of Souls. I'm Grimoire of Souls. Oh, it's this, an iOS I, game. Oh yeah. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, that doesn't count. But like, or does it? I don't know. No, it doesn't. I and even if it does, it doesn't. It fucking like it drives me crazy because Konami has got these franchises that we all love. And it's just like, if you're not going to use them, like I've ranted about this on the podcast before. Like I'm a, like you're, you're, you, you are a gamer of taste, uh, for the most mm -hmm. part. I'm you, like, I like to think so. you like indie games, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like indie games are phenomenal. Like tell me there's not indie games, those studios out there that would trip over each other for a chance to make a Contra or a Castlevania or something like give them something to fucking do. Like, it's just, we're seeing this, this fucking Renaissance of the old school, pixel art style games but new like indie games and that like you know i'm thinking like celeste shovel knight dead cells the list goes on and on and on and that art style like i want like literally metroidvania it's fucking in the name it's vania it's metroidvania yeah. give us a new one like yeah, i want we, I, one so bad and the thing is is that they re this year or last year they re-released the they released the castlevania advanced collection on switch mm -hmm. uh, and i think i think on ps4 and xbox one yeah it's on um, everything, yeah. but then on ps4 and xbox one only kind of sad that they didn't put it on switch they also had another collection that had symphony of the night and rondo of blood so like they know that we want it yeah i just they're aware they're just assholes i don't get it like like that you all you've dropped since fucking 2014 is an ios game and then collections like what the like look at this like listen to the early days like 1986 castlevania 87 castlevania 2 89 castlevania 3 91 castlevania 4 93 castle or 94 castlevania bloodlines 97 symphony of the night like you were puking these out there was the gba games in the early 2000s like yeah exactly were they selling that bad like they like i can't be convinced of that either i'm like where the fuck did you guys go like you, you literally ever, invented the genre give us another one you're not nintendo did you ever play did you ever play rondo of blood no, I didn't. Rondo of Blood was really good. It was like um it was like a Super Nintendo game that uh that never came to North America and then they released it in like a package with Symphony of the Night and it's on PSP and it's so good. It is so good. And that's what Dracula X is kind of based on the bones of Rondo of Blood, but it's a simplified version of Rondo of Blood. Okay, I see. But so Rondo of Blood rules so how the fuck were you turning out like two of these a year and now you don't like it's been this like i was gonna say like I, like it drives me crazy that i haven't gotten a new f-zero game in fucking forever and punch out is dead and Star Fox is dead and we all everyone listening to this has a favorite nintendo franchise that seems to be dead everyone does found. If you, fucking thank you like there's tons of them right but it's like to a limited extent at least i can look at nintendo and be like well to be fair I guarantee you they sell more copies of the next Mario or Pokemon or Zelda or Mario Kart or Smash Brothers. Like, they sell more copies of that in the first month than a fucking F-Zero would probably sell in its lifetime. Like, I get it. To an extent, I get it. Like, but it's like, Konami, what the fuck are you guys doing? 
Like, come on. If you're not going to use think, these, give them to somebody. Give us a new... I think they make pachinko machines now based on Metal Gear Solid, and that's oh, it. Oh, God. I just... I really... This game might not have clicked with me, but I still want more. Like, make... I got to try out this... What did you call it? What is it? Aria of Sorrows? That's the one? Aria of Sorrow. Aria of Sorrow. Circle of, there's Aria of Sorrow and Circle of the Moon. They're both really good. I would recommend both of them, but Aria of Sorrow is better. Okay. And just before we score this thing... Uh, I just want to say to all of you out there that do love this game, uh, cheers. Nothing. All right. Fair enough. Uh, if you've not played Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, you really should. I didn't love it, but it is, it is fucking, I it's feel, this. I feel like it's a half a pixel away from like copyright infringement. Like it's that, <laughs> like it's fucking really close. Well, so, did you ever play, did you ever play ukulele? Yes, I did. I that that game that game might as like they might they should have been sued. Yeah, banjo Laylee. Yeah, except it wasn't yeah, yeah. as good though. Yeah, yeah, it was like worse banjo kazooie. Yeah, it was. Which is like whatever, fine, whatever, I guess. Um, so fuck me, this is gonna be tough, man. Uh, we gotta score this fucking thing. I'm trying to think of a way to score it. Uh, uh how many endings? Oh no, there's only like four endings. That's no fucking good. Yeah, I think there's. Oh wait, okay. How about more. this? If you can, you can. Uh, even though I didn't fucking know. Uh, you can get up to 200% completion, right? Yeah. So let's do that out of 200. Uh, I actually think it's like something like 197, but let's just go with it. We're going with 200. Yeah. Thank you for cool. getting that in so that nobody yells at me if we got it wrong. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something like that. I, I could be also wrong about that, but. No, nah, we'll go with that. We'll go with 200. If you were scoring Castlevania Symphony of the Night out of 200, Bradley, the floor is yours. Make it go for it. Oh man. Oh man. I like, I do have my couple of complaints with it, but like overall, I think it's a, I think it's a banger, man. I think it's a, it's a banger. So if I got to score this thing out of 200, I'm going to give it 190. All right. That's fair. It's like a nine out of 10. All right. I can live with that. It's a a banger, dude. I think it rips. I have no idea what the fuck to do with this. I feel like I should give it a 100 out of 200 because only half the game is fucking playable. (laughs) Like, legacy wise sure like I, yeah it's in that like one I, like i come in at that like at, a, at like just because it didn't click with me i can look at it impartially and see the genius and probably give it in that like 180 range but i'm just telling you from my personal like if i put if i if i take the, if i put my bias straight up in it and give you my personal opinion i i i honestly i give it like a a, a hundred a hundred out of two like i hate it i never want to play this fucking game again I just don't like it, but I, res- oh, but I respect like legacy. If I'm taking my personal opinions aside, I'm like, yeah, it's probably like a 175, 180. Like it's a good fucking video game. I hate it for my fun factor. Five out of 10, six out of 10 tops. Like I never want to play this fucking game again. I thought that the world was kind of boring. I thought it got way too easy. Apparently I fucking didn't find half the fucking game. I thought the inventory system fucking sucked. It just drove me crazy. And, and if I, I can't sit here to everyone listening to this that have never played it. And if you love Metroidvanias, I'm not going to tell you to play this. I can think. No, of- no, no. I, I am. I am though. Bradley will. So I, I, I can't, I, I simply can't have you. I can't have you talking about that's this fair. game like that. And, the, and I that's, simply can't have it. and that's how I knew it was going to boil out is it's just like, like, and the thing is, is like, I, I've seen the fucking discussions online. All right. And to all my brothers and sisters out there that also hate symphony of the night. You don't have to be afraid anymore, all right? I've stood <laughs> up for you. Come on, you can stand up for yourself. But that said, really, it's not it's not 
it's not a bad game. It just wasn't my my cup of tea. Is that? I think that's that's the fairest that's way fair. I can word it. It's not a, absolutely. It's not a bad video game. I just didn't really care for it. Yeah, Good I think stuff. I think that's totally fair. But like, you're wrong. But like, it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you like Mario is missing. For all of you people out there, he likes Mario is missing. So fucking be careful with what you fucking I, ask for. I don't think it's good. I just like it. All right. I fucking hate you. <laughs> uh, buddy, it was nice chatting with you again, man. Thanks for doing this. We'll do another one soon. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Bradley, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Castlevania Symphony of the Night and engaging me in a discussion. You pushed back. I pushed back. We didn't. You see that? We should put this episode on the internet. We should release this episode on the web. That's a joke because I I think some of our episodes are on the internet. But we should do that just to show the rest of gaming society that two people can have different opinions on a game and not result to childish name-calling. I think we probably did a little bit. We recorded this episode like a week or two ago. So we might have done a little bit of name-calling. But not very much. You can have a civilized conversation. So Bradley, thank you so much uh, for calling in and being the yin to my yang when it came to Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And to every single one of you nerds listening to this right now. Whether this is your first Remember the Game or your 182nd Remember the Game. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you for listening. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope I treated your game tough but fairly. Thank you for voting for it. Thank you for... I'm just... Whether I like it or not, it feels good to have it off my plate and just not have this noose hanging around my neck anymore if I've got to play Symphony of the Night. Final Fantasy Tactics is coming. At some point this year, Final Fantasy Tactics is coming. I promise you. I've never played it. It is... If Symphony of the Night was top three games probably that we get requested all the time... Final Fantasy Tactics is number one and we're going to get it crossed off the list and I won't lie to you I'm a little bit more nervous about Final Fantasy Tactics after Symphony of the Night but I I have a good feeling about Final Fantasy Tactics so uh, if you hate if you hate Symphony of the Night you can come on over to my house we'll have a barbecue and we'll talk about it if you love Castlevania Symphony of the Night go over to Bradley's house just DM me and I'll shoot you his address and you can go check it out there and I won't actually do well you'd pay enough maybe um but either way, thank you so much for the support, everybody. Thank you for the love. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with episode 183 of Remember the Game, which is probably going to be Sonic Adventure 2, which means fuck me. Like, episode 184, I got to do a game that I like because if you, if you, listen, if you thought that I was hard on Castlevania Symphony of the Night, kids, <laughs> you come back next week for Sonic Adventure 2. And whoa, you want to... I'll fucking save it for next week. But that's only if we get that recorded this week. If not, it'll be something else. I don't know. But we're hopefully it'll be Sonic Adventure 2. Either way, thank you for listening. Hey, if you liked this and you want access to like 200 bonus podcasts and you want to get multiple new episodes every week and all that kind of stuff, you want to play one, remake one, erase one, you want to hang out on our Discord, you want to blow in the cartridge, all that shit, consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash remember the game. It's only two bucks a month to get started. And then there's other tiers where you can get even more stuff. But if you give me $2 a month, you get instant access to all those podcasts. You get a new expansion pass every Thursday and a new game patch every Friday. It's probably the greatest deal in the history of the universe. Patreon.com slash remember the game. Thank you for listening, everybody. That is going to do it. I will talk to you again next week. Uh, in the meantime, clean your controllers, wash your hands, stay safe, and um, 
Yeah, don't play Symphony of the Night. Play play something good. There it is. I had to get that last dig in. Thanks a lot, everybody. I'll talk to you again later. Cheers. Goodbye. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I churn out every week without all of your support. The following people have supported us at the Junior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. So I'm going to take a moment to fuck up a bunch of their names and say thank you to everybody. Boy, this list is fucking getting long. Here we go. A huge thank you to... Dave, Makeshift, Mallow Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Stupid Monkey, Michael Mathis, Joshua Shenfield, Jeffrey Mathis, Keegs and a Stupid Arrow Handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Madero, Scott B, Andrew Wright, Gary C, Kate Roberts, They Call Me Badger, Jordan, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny, Fufu89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, Wyman Brooks, Scott Brooks, Leon K, Stitch, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Brian Ransom, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, Nathan Tromblay, A Town, Andre SGA Flash, Tom Kite, Geek Life Radio, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Adam J, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, Christopher Russell, Very Cool Dude, Tim Riel, G9PSX, Tim L, David Schnatterer, Silver Grunion, Raging Demon, Poops Loomis, Dana Ucherall, That One Kid Nick, Mad Shibs, Mercury869, Derek Jane, Mfelf, Kfabe5150, TK Tonky Kong, Wolfgang Darren, Seriously Ron P, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Mega Man 2 OG, Good A, Dane, Chris Coplin, GC Freak 898, Doogie, Matt McLean, Pizza Power, Too Loud for the Crowd, Trevor Seven Oaks, Ryan McCowan, Paul Zoe, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Joel LeBlanc, Carmichael Nicholas, Squint, Stent Sparkster, Omega 88, Nathaniel Shelley, Explode Processing, Chowdy Laudy, Dan Wagner, Candido, K Cuz, Titan 420, Jose E. Marco, Scarlet, Oprah's Iron Fist, Adam Farah, Russell Aldridge, Chris Story, Classic Crusade, Carp from KOTOR, Chance McCoy, Hammond Egger, Jeff Bergeron, Ian Watch, Joe Kirby, Captain N, Owen the Game Furchuk, Game Nomad Misi, Daniel, Astro Alpica, Stuber Garrick, Eden Awaits 1981, Tunable Power, Swanee, Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Inhuman Sumo, Chalupa Cabra, Rocker Dude, Mikey NL83, Just a Fish, Bagalazino, Noob Q, Scientific Wonder Penis, Beth Strife 89, Liam Denzalo, Spicy Mortician, Eric Shavinius, Holmes, Ryan Gibbons, Zach Shepard, Chris Dickin, Jay Hampton, Dylan Flora, Jackson M, Matthew D'Amico, Daja 1K1T, Clayton Robertson, Frosty Feet 492, Britt O'Neill, all the good names were taken. Hulk Hogan's brother, Chris Larkin, Austin Cook, Kyle Shreve, Matthew Salmon, Elijah Burns, Nicholas Kulik, Ocelot of Woe, Stephen Parnell, Joel Addict 21, Aaron Price, Meat on the Bone, Dockabai, Tomicus, Sean Dillinger, Justin Zabrocki, Frozen Interior, Ray San Wontongo, Brandon Basham, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Ryan Shimmick, Jameer Williams, Jared Pierce, Steve Dalk, Lone Cart, Gannon 144, Phil McCracken, Double D, Sid's Good Leg, Trav H, Mizuru, Declan McGarry, David Marcus, Dagger Disaster, Curious Dr. Mario, Vaughn, Jordan Psalm, Burnout Doug Keeney, Scott Graham, Tyler, Evron, Aaron Kedvis, Dissect That Film, Phil Lencher, Breadcrumb, Spencer Whitledge, Illegal Amigo 69, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Tom Arkley, Riley Turvey, Nick Amos, Tom This Childs, Big Sum 1. Sean Turner, Bill Kirby, Lucas Pico, Andrew Pritchard, Ben Paul, Junkyard God, Triforce Tony, Two Bros Winning, Laces Out Dan, John Everidge, Adrian Mad Dog Counting, Brad Beardsley, Spazernut, Dabs All Day, William Main, C Spin, Thomas Smith, Chris Pynchon, Ian Kag, Laura Watermolen, Master of Magnet, Kyle Shrek, Colloquialism, I think, Tyler Smith, Rotten Potato, Leon Lashway, and Nicola. That might be the best one I've ever fucking done. That was pretty fucking good. Thanks for listening, everybody. You guys are all the best. I uh, I owe you immensely. Take it easy, everyone. I'll talk to you again later. Cheers.